0: What type of reality are you even living? What type of reality are you living? Are you living a proactive reality where you're continually problem solving and looking at all the different ways that you could manipulate, guide, or push your reality that you want in your favor? Or are you living a reactive reality where you just continually allow what is going to happen, happen. It is what it is. What can I do? I don't have any control over any of this. Just ping pong, ping pong, getting knocked from one thing to the next, sitting there complaining, all sad that nothing's changing. Well, I can tell you right now, if you live in a reactive reality, you need to stop. Because if you really want to live the life of your dreams, you have got to start living a proactive reality. (laughs) Welcome to Bill with Rob. Let me take you back to 1986 when little Robbie was just all nervous and shaking, pulling the phone book open, looking for the name of the local skate shop. Oh, there it is in the S's. Surf Ohio. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I I know they got a ramp and I want to skate it. Okay, my parents already said no. Okay, we're not going to pay for you to skate a ramp, and I've just... I, what? What should I do? Should I just not? Should I just... But I want to skate this ramp. But how can I do it? Should I even do? Okay, well, I guess. Look, I'm just going to call. I'm just going to call. There it is. Five one three two four four nine six nine six. Bling, 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 la. Hey, how are you? Ro- hey, how, how, hey, how are you? This is this. Is, uh, my name's Robbie, Robbie Dierdek. and I just, I really would. It, would, it, would you be open? Like, if I if I got ten people to come to, to the skate shop and pay to skate the ramp, uh, would you? Would it be okay if I got ten people if I skated for free? What? Oh, um, uh, if I got people to come and pay. What are you saying? You would if you get people to come and pay, like ten people. Man, I look. This nobody's ever called here, trying to sell us on like getting people to pay, like so that they could skate for free. Look, what's your name again? It's Robbie, Robbie Deerdeck. Why don't you come on down here and you can just skate. And boy, oh man, hung up the phone, closed the yellow pages. I don't, I don't really know what transpired from that point forward. But uh, next thing you know, uh, you know, Gene had me in the Price Brothers company van. He's sitting shotgun. You know what I mean? And and drove me down to the skate shop where they had a mini ramp in the back, and they introduced me uh, as, "Hey, this is Robbie." And he just called and and said you would let him skate for free. They're like, Oh yeah, go ahead. And what'd little Robbie do? He went back there and dropped hammers. Little Robbie was back there doing backside bonelesses and hand plants and smith grinds and they're like, What? Like you've never have you ever skated a ramp? And it was like, No, I've never s i have never I never skated a ramp. They're like, This is if this is the first time you have ever skated a ramp, this is insane. Like you know if you're open to it we would like to invite you to skate here all the time uh because you've got a lot of potential and i just remember thinking to myself what what does that mean was it like a skate word is potential a skate word um you know telling telling little robbie that like hey here's here's your opportunity right like and what happened it it I began to go there every day because where my father worked was right down the street in downtown, at Price Brothers selling suits, and and he would take me in the van, drop me off at the skate park, uh, the the skate shop at the ramp, and I would skate every single day. And it, and and what happened? I began to get recognized, build relationships. Next thing you know, my I I accelerated, felt validated, built confidence, and you know. To the chagrin of Patty, I'm quitting high school at 16 to turn pro. I'm quitting high school to turn pro at 16 years old, and I'm off to Europe for the for the world championships, right? And would have that ever have happened if I wouldn't have uh, not taken no for an answer when my parents said we're not going to pay to skate in that ramp? And I, I began to explore some aspect in some way to make a decision on – on what could I do to, to change my circumstance in this, this form of reality? And it set into a, a chain reaction that, that led my life into a completely different trajectory. And, and, and I say this as an example as it's one of the first times that I remember using it. But I would go on to use it on an ongoing basis in every aspect of my life, and I still do to this day. I mean, I just refuse to just allow things to be what they will be if I still have some sort of way to shift it. To push reality in a different direction. I I still to this day do everything that I can to try to to guide the reality that I want by any means necessary. And it it requires you to be creative. You have to look at your entire existence as this beautiful, continuous, creative problem that you have to constantly – be looking at different ways that you can find solutions to guide you towards a better, higher, probable future that you would like to experience. You know, think about that. It, it's all the things that you want to achieve, all the things that you want to do, big and small. You understand there's multiple pathways to ever do it. And you have to continually look at it and assess it for what are the things that you can do to step in and change, um, you know, what the reality of the situation is. And you can do that, but it requires proactively coming up with ideas and thinking of different things that you could possibly do in order to shift your reality back towards the reality that you desire. In if you began to see the world through that lens of like, are you sitting back and being in a, a reactive state where it just, this is what's happening to me and it is what it is? Or are you looking at your situation in a proactive way and what are all the things that you can do that can change your future state? And look, and I, you have to look at it no different than – Any other form of action or purpose, you know, in the sense of like you can't just uh, be in a wishful form of trying to be proactive. You can't just I couldn't have called up the skate shop and said, hey, you guys should really think about helping like the guys like me that don't have any money to skate that really want to skate the park. Like, could you just find it in your heart to support me? I'm Robbie. No, like it, like what? No, like, you know, like we don't, we just don't allow people to skate for free. That's the vibe. That's the energy. You're not changing reality, coming in there, being entitled or, or being demanding or, or trying to hope something happens for you. You've got to look at what could I do to create value? What could I do to change this situation? In that particular case, I took a long shot. I didn't even know 10 people that would pay to skate. I was just trying to, you know, trying to figure out a way to, to, to catch a gauge on like, you know, if they said 10, no, maybe 15, I'd be like, all right, I got to find 15 people. I at least like had formulated a plan and put together a probable solution that if I was forced to do it, I, I might be able to do it. You know, hopefully they said two people, three people, never did I think that they would just say, Oh, just come on down. Like, come on, you know? And again, it's, You know, anytime you're looking out into the future and you have a path that you wish your life would go, and you're at the whims of of things that are seemingly out of your control, but you have some sort of understanding of where the control levers are or who has the control, you've got to take a shot to figure out a way that you can try to implement. Some sort of push towards your direction and your way. You know, another time I did it is, you know, I had gotten into season three of Fantasy Factory. So it was in between season two and season three of Fantasy Factory. And, And at the time, you know, MTV was like Sunday night, guys night. Nitro Circus and Fantasy Factory, just a guy's night. You know, I can't, I don't even know if that's what it was. It was something like that. It was something something about Sunday night for the boys. It's not that because it was before the boys became a thing. But it was some sort of male programming night. And it it wasn't a success. You know what I mean? And the network had decided that it did no longer wanted to commit in this this very heavy male programming slate and they've decided that they were only going to keep one um, show uh, from the slate and it really came down to were they going to keep fantasy factory on the air or they were going to keep nitro circus and so at the time you know the the network had let me know they say hey you know just just want to inform you guys that we're not picking up the next season yet like right now the network is trying to decide uh whether or not uh they want to go forward with nitro or fantasy factory Oh man oh man so what what am i doing what am i doing what am i doing so i'm just sitting here you know and i got look i got it You know, you got to think about who I was back then. It was utter chaos. You know, I was making millions, spending millions. I had movies and Street League and just utter complete chaos of just insanity that I was trying to manage and organize and keep it all, you know, together in between partying and just, you know, living the fantasy factory life, doing stunts, getting attacked by sharks. chaos, chaos. And faced with all of that about to come to an end. And I'm just going to sit back and wait. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. That's crazy. Let me know. Let me know. Hit me up. Let me know if my TV career is over. Let me know. Just, Just shoot me a text. Let me know. Email me. Hey, Rob, it's over. Back on that skate life. No, 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 no. I called the head of the network. Cold called the head of the network. No, like, hey, can we set a call? That is, called the head of the network, and it's Rob Dyrdek would like to speak with you. Uh, can you have him call me back? You know, old school, <laughs> old school style. It's, it's funny to me when I think about now where it's like... <laughs> You know, this world where you set calls and now you set Zooms, you know, back, you know, the idea of just like cold calling somebody that runs a network and then be like, here's my phone number. Can you have him call me back when you've never even spoke to him before? You never even spoke to him. And I did. And we spoke. And the conversation was literally me helping him decide on not picking Nitro Circus. You know what I mean? It was like this man, we talked it out. On the pluses of Nitro Circus and the pluses of Fantasy Factory versus the negatives of Nitro Circus versus the negatives of Fantasy Factory. And he used me as a sounding board. It was the most bizarre conversation ever where I, you know, and, and I'm sorry to all my Nitro guys. You know, don't forget I, I currently own a stake in Nitro Circus. <laughs> all these years later, despite walking it off the plank You know, back in two thousand and nine, you know, but I had convinced him. I said, "Hey, you know, the the reality of it is, is we're story driven. We're more like character based, and it's more a reality show that's more about following following the characters and really these stories and adventures. Um, It has a much broader appeal." crosses over into the female audience like there's we have a, a larger female demo than nitro who's primarily action sports focused and stunt focused like it's it's very very heavily male and i knew that these guys were like you know not finding the success with the two male programming and that if i made it seem like we were more appealing uh, to a broader audience, female specifically, with our storytelling and friendships, uh, versus like these guys that are just doing stunts, cheating death. Girls don't like that, you know. I, I, and in in the conversation was him working it out in his head. He's like, "Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you know, uh, for sure. Fantasy Factory for sure. Like, and I, that random cold call convinced it. We got the call two days later that okay, season three is up. Let's go, you know and Easily. Somebody else could have gotten his ear. Who knows what could have happened that could have changed that. And then that's it. Television's done. Ridiculousness never happens. You know what I mean? Who Who knows? You know, like the entirety of, of shifting your reality is, is what's capable. But you have to be continually creative in how you may be able to do that and be thoughtful in how you may be able to do that. And I know there's some of you that are listening to this that are going to send me an email just trying to change my reality. Here's my uh, mug business that I think would be perfect for the Deer Deck machine, changing my reality. Like it's not the just asking somebody, uh, just taking the shot isn't how you're going to shape or evolve the the reality of of your current situation. You've got to have a clearer understanding of what are all of the things that are potentially driving it that could make the difference for you to change it. And, And there's so many parts of your life on an ongoing basis that you can continually look at how to proactively shift rather than live in that reactive state. And 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 I'm I'm not saying it is is always so incredibly clear. And I do think it gets more clear the more you know, the more dire the situation, the more stakes there are to the situation. But there's one thing that is absolutely certain in life. If you are just uh, know some sort of inevitable thing that is unfolding, that you think you may have a little bit of control on may be able to influence but you sit back and then just sit in this sort of like woe was me dwelling wishing it wouldn't happen like if you sit Toggling in your mind of dwelling on all the things you could have done that prevented you from even being in this situation or putting all this energy into just wishing things were different instead of getting back into taking action and being proactive in thinking and problem solving and creating a possible solution to make sure that you at least do your best to take a shot at making just a small shift in your reality that leads you to the experience that is better for you and what is the outcome that you desire for the life that you want you got to think that through and take that shot you know i was faced with a with a bizarre situation when we were selling super jacket you know um, in thrill one media as a whole where we had did a deal with a private equity group and merged with nitro circus and street league. And we're then going to sell the roll up and all of us would get a, you know, an, an, an exit after the roll up. So essentially um, they merged street league, nitro circus and acquired super jacket. And then in two years they were going to go and sell them again. And for, Me, it was a cake and eat it too deal where I got cash up front and then when they sold it as the group, then I got this massive payday. So I was super incentivized to continue to grow Super Jacket with the intent of selling the whole company together and I did that. Cool boy, did I do that. I drove this thing. I, I did everything I could to take the entire thing to the next level and it was time to take this thing. To market, And the private equity group decided that they did not want to do it. They said, you want to know what? It's getting too valuable. We would rather wait a couple years. And I'm like, what on earth? Like, you know, I tried to complain and be like, that's ridiculous. You know, I tried, I, I, I didn't know what to do. Because in my mind, that was the entire strategy. You know, we we put them all together because we're going to turn around and create this big liquidity event that's going to be life-changing. That was the entire purpose and plan, and then I worked for two years to position the company to have that life-changing moment. Only now, they decided they didn't want to do it. They decided it was too valuable, and that rather than than do it now – Let's keep growing for a couple years. And it's like, uh, what, what, what? Like, that's not in my plan. Like, I, I, I got it to this moment to, to create this moment in time. I masterminded this whole thing. And now I got to wait and anything could happen over the next couple years. And so what do I do? I stew, I stew and I think and I think and I think. And it's like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? The only thing that I could, I realized that I could actually do was the, the main person, um, the main partner at the private equity group was the person that would have to make the decision. Everybody else I was talking to was like, no, we really love where it's going. We want to hold on to it. And so I, I had to begin to gather information and leverage on what would be some sort of reason that would force and want them to bring it to market. And – I, I understood that uh, their initial investment in Nitro Circus was from fund one and it was at about the, the, the nine and a half year mark already and funds have a 10-year horizon. So I know that like they've got to return capital soon to the initial investors in that fund one. So I'm like, okay, well, I know that's – that's it right there. Like, you really want to push this thing beyond the fund horizon? Now I learned and understood the private equity side and what's a lever for them, you know? And then what's the thing that I knew would, would be the thing that would scare them the most is we had gotten super jackets so profitable off of the success of, of ridiculousness that if they thought that that was at risk, if they thought that was at risk, that, that that would be something that they would rather have it in market now instead of in, in a couple years from now. And so I just decided to, to, to make the call and text the, the, the managing partner and basically just said, look, we just came out of the pandemic. The stimulus is hitting. Like everybody's flush with cash. Like… You are on the the final year of the horizon of the fund. And every month after August, this company becomes worth less and less until it's worth zero next year. What? What? What's that? Like, I just shot it. And that was this, like, like bizarre, like, (laughs) manipulative way of saying, like, hey, like, ridiculousness may not even be around in a year. Right. And it was like, what? And all it did, like, I didn't say that. I didn't make any over overt threat that uh, ridiculousness was going away or there was something awry uh, with Super Jacket. I just said, it is a possibility. Right. And all that did was spark this like like wake him up to be like yeah what am i what do, what am, what are we doing here we've been in this for long enough let's get this thing to market and they immediately got it to market and sold it within 6 months making the biggest payday in in my entire life biggest payday of my life sold that company for 190 million and it was a absolutely life defining Life-changing transaction that could have never happened if I didn't step in and and really force the issue and then uh, drive them to get it to market. Um, it may have never happened, you know. And 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 it's just the idea of and some examples of throughout my life where I've just. Uh, Just haven't allowed what is to be and, and looked into different and creative ways on what I could do to reshape or change the actual direction and influence the reality that I wanted rather than just sit back and deal with whatever comes. And you will find that you have the opportunity to do that in so many different aspects in life, but you have got to, to be searching for them, be creative and, and how you approach them. But above all, you got to take the shot. You got to take the shot. Um, because if you, if you do it, and it begin. You see it work, and you do it more and more, and then you know it is a, a tool in your toolkit that you can apply to more aspects and more areas of your life. You will begin to see how being proactive um, towards shaping your reality is how you actually control a lot more aspects of your life that seem uncontrollable, and you can be the decision and and the action that actually drives reality towards the 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 reality that you desire and you can do it because that's what we do down here we do it uh, thank you again for everybody for tuning in uh for interacting everything that we do appreciate all of you from this day and forever because i know you got the vision I know you're figuring out a plan if you fully don't got it locked in. And I know because you listen to this show, you're willing to put in the work. Until next time, see it, believe it, do it.